In the morning, when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them suckers like the f***ing players. Jack Eichel has been stripped of the captaincy of the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres are not going to have Eichel report to training camp. If you are not aware or forgotten, if you, the Jack Eichel situation there, he had, he wants to have surgery on his neck. He's got a disc hernia. I think it's herniated disc in his neck. He wants to have some surgery. The Sabres are like, no NHL players that have this problem. Never have that surgery. Don't get it. So they've been at, fighting about should he get this surgery or not and because of that jack eichel looks like he's not going to play for the buffalo sabers again but they've taken the step of taking the captaincy away from him he still has not been traded yet well and if you trade him obviously the team trading for him would understand that they have to let him get the surgery because you're not going to trade for the guy and the guy's like i'm not playing for you either until i get the surgery so i assume neck fusion surgery is out for the season i mean you're going to trade you're going to have to give up a lot to get him obviously uh, and then you're probably not going to have him for at least a year. I'm not a doctor, but just the word neck fusion <laughs> appears to be serious surgery. Um, it's interesting. I mean, boy, he he can't come. Obviously, he can't come to training camp. You've stripped his captaincy. I don't think he'll ever play for them again. I guess what's the market value for him for a guy that is having a major, major surgery? You don't know if he'll ever recover from it fully. And you have to give up a lot for the guy. Yeah, I think if you're the Sabres right now, you're looking at he's 24. He'll be 25. He's yeah, this yeah, he's year. really young. And he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like outside of Connor McDavid, he's put up some of the best point totals among centers in the NHL in the last handful of years. Like he's been really good. But and that's what the Sabres are looking at. They're saying, well, we're trading a guy that's awesome. Whereas the rest of the NHL is saying we're trading for a guy that's going to have to have next. Yes. Yeah. So I, and that's that's where the problem comes in is how do you trade that when both sides are completely different value, right? Both times are putting a completely different value on Jack Eichel. So either some team is going to have to decide, yeah, we'll pay what Buffalo wants, even though it's a risk and he's got to get this surgery and he might not play this year or right. whatever that timeline ends up being. But he's again, he's 25. You're trading for him to have him for like damn near Absolutely. a decade and yeah. being good. Or Buffalo's going to have to come down and say, all right, we're trading for a guy that's had neck surgery or whatever. Yeah. But here's the thing for me at this point, if you're the Sabers, if you're if you're and maybe they aren't specifically trying to trade him, but if you're looking to trade him, isn't it in your best interest to let him have the surgery? I don't. That's the thing that they said that hockey players at this level don't have that kind of surgery, so you're risking his health by telling him he can't. But I yeah, don't get that. But, that's but like the like, opposite. If you'd ever think of any yeah, team, if you solely viewed him as a trade asset, you let him have the surgery, mm-hmm. and then he can to some extent prove that he's healthy and now teams would say, Hey, absolutely. We'll trade yes. for that guy. He's healthy and he's been awesome. So I just feel like, and maybe they're not viewing him solely as a trade asset, which they probably should at this point. But if you are viewing him solely as a trade asset, you let him have the surgery and then you trade him away. Like I can't, I can't imagine the surgery is so risky that it's like a genuine chance. His like career is over. I just think it's very bizarre when it's the organization that says, we don't want you to get the surgery. Yeah. I think that it's usually that uh, usually a player would say, "Hey, this is serious. I'm scared about this," which anyone would be having their neck, you know, fused or whatever the surgery is. 
I mean, anyone, whether you're a hockey player or just a normal person walking around, you, it would be the opposite, right? Yeah. It'd be the team saying, hey, we need you to be healthy. Let's do this. And they're saying, don't get it. Yeah. Now, on the Golden Knights side, I think the whole timeline you brought up of, hey, does he end up missing the entire year? Right. I think it makes it a complete non-starter for the Golden Knights because you're trying to win the Stanley Cup right now. Right now. Right. And you can't trade for a guy without knowing he's going to help he's you. He's going to help you this year. Right now. I mean, Eichel's a guy you want on your team. Sure. But it would solve the top center position. Right. I'll tell you that. But not until next season, most right. likely. And that's you, you'd basically be, you know, because you'd have to give your up, windows closing. You'd have to give up something. Alex Tuck is hurt, but Alex Tuck right. has been one of the names. You have to give up something good from this team to get him. And it hurts your chance to win now when the entire goal of the organization is to win the Stanley Cup right. this season. Next question. The NHL says there is no evidence that Evander Kane bet on hockey games. His estranged wife has accused him of betting on games, uh, but the NHL says that that is not true. She has also now accused him of sexual assault and multiple instances of domestic battery. The NHL said they are still looking into all allegation so Evander Kane that is one piece of good news that Evander Kane has gotten out of this offseason is that the NHL says he did not bet on games but Evander Kane has had many issues and more now where his wife has accused him of uh, sexual assault and domestic battery that this is not going away anytime soon yeah. for Evander Kane might sound crazy but the betting on the games would be the less right the lesser of any of these you know allegations against him we've we've also reported on on the ones where uh the woman said he you know uh, wanted to be paid off for an abortion. He'd already paid off for other abortions. So you start getting into these things, and the betting on the games mean really nothing if these others prove out. But, look, they did their investigation. They found he didn't bet on games. you got to move on from that. You know, I saw people on Twitter yesterday, you know, yes, he did. It's like, you don't know that. They, it's not like the NHL didn't investigate it you know, fully. You don't want guys betting on games, and, and you certainly don't want guys betting on their own team. So I'm sure they investigated it fully. They found no evidence towards it. Now, this other stuff is when you get into some serious, serious allegations. Right, and the other stuff is where it's – the, it, it's it's the weird line we're always in with sports leagues where it's like, all right, this is like law enforcement should right. be handling yes. this, but the sports leagues always find themselves in the position yes. where we will investigate we, it because they have, they kind of have to investigate it because the player is still able to play because while law enforcement carries it out, they're still innocent. Right. You can't just say, so it's, it's the weird spot. All these sports leagues find themselves in is they have to do their own work here. On the hockey side of this, the Sharks did say he's not coming to training camp. So I would. They did say this. Yeah, he's not coming to training camp. Okay. So I would not expect Evander okay. Kane to be playing anytime soon for the Sharks or anybody in the NHL. Breaking by Shang Peng. Happy to move on to the to the next question here, Aaron. Joe Lackup of the Golden State Warriors, the owner, uh, was fined fifty thousand dollars for tampering. Here's what he said about Ben Simmons. In some ways, it doesn't really fit what we're doing. He makes a lot of money, and can he finish games? I don't know. Isn't that the opposite of tampering? Usually, he's saying I don't want that player. On usually, the other tampering team? means we think he's good. Let's say things in a roundabout way to say we want him. This guy pretty much says I don't think he's that good. He makes a lot of dough. Why would we want this guy? It's like, how is that tampering? If you're the Sixers, like we need that, we need guys saying that more if we want to keep this guy. Seriously, didn't Magic Johnson like wink or something yeah. or smile at someone? Because he, he wanted a player. Well, he wanted the guy. That was he wanted. Yes. Paul, was it Paul George? I think. Yeah. He yeah. was winking to get Paul George to come. This is this is the Warriors saying, "Bleep that guy! I don't want him anywhere near this organization." So had somebody had asked him that question, he like made a face like he smelled something really bad. <laughs> yeah, then that's <laughs> the opposite. Hey, of, hey, hey, that's yeah. tampering too. Yeah. Yep. 
should have been. I the the tampering rule is very general in terms of you can't talk about players that are under contract. Like nothing of about team. anything, right? But the the whole idea of tampering is to prevent guys well, from stealing away players from teams that they're under contract of. He, this is the opposite of him trying to steal them away. This is him saying no, thank you. And if you're Ben Simmons, you read that quote I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to those guys. Like they don't like this guy doesn't <laughs> even like me. He's the owner of the team. Next question. The Minnesota Timberwolves fired their president of basketball operations, Gerson Rosas. Fired him. Draft already happened. Free agency already happened. Camp is here. Season's going to start soon. And they fired him. So the Athletic posted a story this morning. Apparently, the Athletic had been working on like an investigative story into Rosas and how basically people in the Timberwolves organization thought of him because they had heard that there were a lot of issues. And so there's a lot of uh, problems in here. Uh, one is that they, there have been agents and other teams front offices have complained to the Timberwolves about how Rosas handled negotiations. Uh, he had an employee that he rejected their move to the Houston Rockets in the same position for more money. Um, and also he's the one that fired Flip Saunders last year and hired Chris Finch from outside the organization without doing any interview process whatsoever. Did not have any, can just fired Saunders, hired a guy from a different team, didn't interview anybody. And then there was this in recent days, the organization discovered that Rosas who is married, had a consensual intimate relationship with a member of the organization. The Athletic has learned from multiple sources. It made several people within the organization uncomfortable. While this was not the reason for Rosa's dismissal, it certainly impacted the timing. I'm glad the Athletic came out with this because when they fired him yesterday, one of the first tweets was, I believe, from one of the owners who said, we will only have the utmost professional, uh, you know, not people, but we're going to have a professional atmosphere. And I'm like, what did this guy yeah. do? Like, he didn't say specifically, but so I'm glad they wrote about it because I'm like, that could have meant like anything. Yes. But obviously, it wasn't just on his job performance as as the uh, as the president of basketball ops. He had a lot more things going on. Yeah, and it basically the the way the athletic story painted it was there not that it was 100. percent There were people that liked roses that worked for the Timberwolves, but there were a lot of people that were just like, this guy's got it. He's created a terrible work environment. Did you see where they said bad good news for Minnesota, bad news the next day where Kapri Kaprishov, uh, he signed the night before? <laughs> yeah. And then they fired this guy. I'm like, isn't the hockey news a lot bigger than this guy getting bounced? Well, this actually sounds like good news, too, for Minnesota, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but they, they made mean, it sound like, oh, good news followed by bad news. I'm like, this guy's that important for the basketball ops? Dr- yeah. Gerson Rosas? I mean, he fired the coach, so he is important. But I'm saying, <laughs> it sounds like you want the guy gone. It doesn't sound like no, you yeah. want him around the team. Bad guy. So. It's good news, good news. I don't care about her next question. Kelsey Plum was named sixth woman of the year and comeback player of the year by the Associated Press. Uh, She averaged a career high 14.8 points. Those are not the official WNBA awards, though. Those will come out a little bit later. But the AP, the media, has given Kelsey Plum a couple of awards this year. By the way, have you did you see the quote from Kelsey Plum um, like a week ago when she got asked about sixth woman of the year? Because I mean, she's averaging nearly 15 points a game coming off the bench. She's a runaway winner. And she like gave a quote like she kind of didn't want it. But she was like, it doesn't matter coming off the bench, starting. It's all the same. I wish we could just move on. I think I remember that quote. <laughs> yes. I was like, hold on. People are trying to say I mean, nice things. I'm not going to tell you who the best sixth woman of the year is in WNBA. I don't know all the six women on every team or 
for that matter, any of the NBA six men. But comeback player of the year, I would think, with their injuries, a slam yeah. dunk, no matter who's giving out the award. Missed the entire year in the yeah. bubble with injury, and then you come back and have a career year right. in terms of points. And ju- I mean, she's been phenomenal for the Aces this year. It's, it's, I think both of them are pretty easy. Uh, so yeah, Kelsey Plum. By the way, the Aces, their playoff Tuesday season starts next Tuesday, September 28th. That's the semifinals. Opponent is. Still to be cannot believe they put it opposite a Golden Knights exhibition against the Unbelievable. Colorado. Unbelievable! How, How do could you they do, do that? that? How can you do that? Do you Unreal. not check the exhibition schedule? It's the Avalanche. All right, coming up next. Oh, are the Dodgers ever going to catch the Giants? Coming up in about ten minutes, we are going to talk to Joey Logano as NASCAR is back in Vegas. Playoffs are here. Logano will join us at about eight thirty. Uh, before you start complaining about the Dodgers, I do want to ask you about the Blue Jays and Rays. I'm not going to complain. You're not? No. Okay. I don't believe you. So <laughs> I'm not going to complain. Did I've... you see Kevin Kiermeyer of Tampa pick up the scouting report card that fell off the catcher's off wristband? The, off the wristband? Yeah. It happened two days ago where Kevin Kiermeyer coming home gets tagged out by a mile and... But after the play, the wristband or whatever, the note card fell out of the wristband and he picked it up and took it back to the Tampa Bay dugout. Uh, Well, yesterday, Toronto and Tampa were still playing in their series. Two days later, by the way, eighth inning, seven to one game. Ryan Barigi drills Drills Kiermaier on the first pitch. Now, again, Kiermaier's two days later, Kiermaier's batted like five or six times since that incident happened, but drills him. The bench is clear. Nothing happens, but the bench is clear. They ultimately eject the pitcher. Uh, and eject Toronto's manager because he came out yelling and screaming about why'd you eject him. Uh, but yeah, so Toronto not happy that Kevin Kiermaier took their catcher's scouting report. Guess they didn't want to make it obvious, so they waited a few days. They did make it obvious though. Uh-huh. They waited until it was seven to one. I mean, they didn't do it in a close game. They were like, oh, we got to wait till it's a blowout. These games actually matter. And then they were. What's getting he picking that out. thing up for? This kid used to play for the Astros in another life. No, what's this kid doing? He beat the Astros last My year goodness. in the playoffs. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe he picked up theirs. <laughs> maybe, this, maybe Altuve accidentally dropped his like walking onto the field. This guy ran over and got it. Here's here's what I love though, and to tie it back to the Astros, they have made everyone in this sport. So damn paranoid about like signs or strategy or whatever getting stolen. We just had like the Mets accusing the Yankees of whistling and stealing (laughs) pitches or tipping pitches or whatever the hell it was that happened two weeks ago. And there's listen, that, that whole accusation was that there, that the Mets were tipping their pitches and the Yankees would whistle from the dugout to tell the hitter, Hey, we can see what's coming. We're going to, we're going to tell you with a whistle. There's nothing against the rules about that. There's also nothing against the rules about, oh, they dropped the scouting report on the field. You pick it up and take it to your dugout. But because of the Astros, anytime there's any form of, uh uh-oh. So, like, hell, people are balking the runner to third and extras now because they don't want them to see the catcher signs. (laughs) Everyone is like, oh, my God, we cannot possibly have them steal our signs. Two times last night, there's a runner in second, and Will Smith, for whatever reason, kind of exasperated threw his hands up and he said, we're going to redo the signs. And he actually gave indicators across his whole body before he like crouched down and actually gave whatever the sign was. He was so scared that the Rockies might steal a sign against Bueller, who was grooving them <laughs> all night anyway, who couldn't throw us, couldn't throw anything with movement last night and got shelled. Hey, the Rockies got accused of stealing signs on the camera too. They oh, got accused they? of using a massage gun on a bench to tell their Jesus. hitters what was coming. I'm telling you, everybody, uh... it's, un- it's unbelievable how paranoid people are. And it's something that's like, yeah, just kind of whatever. 
Like have better signs. Like don't lose don't lose your index card on the field. I'm not going to go crazy like you think I'm going to. I've I've right. I've I've resigned myself to the fate. They what are will they, play two the, back. They're two back. They will play the Cardinals in the wild card. It will be Scherzer against Wainwright in Dodger Stadium. And I've re- I've resigned to it. And you feel good about that? I feel good the way Scherzer's been pitching. Yeah. Okay. Hasn't lost since he was the Dodgers. Got like a O point. He's his time with the Dodgers has probably won him the Cy Young. Sounds like he's due for a big loss. He's in Colorado today. That's not. That's never good. Yeah, um, no, he'll throw a no hitter or something. But uh, he'll, no. he'll save it for the playoffs. I've, I've resigned seven. myself. I want the Cardinals to get all their good out of the way now. They're just destroying the Brewers, which I thought they might come back there. No, they went like 10-2, 10-5. But I want that all to happen now. And then that one game, they come to Dodger Stadium. You shouldn't even you shouldn't even throw Scherzer against the Cardinals in the wild card game. Crazy. Shouldn't even throw all him. or nothing. Should we throw yeah. Bueller last night? Who yeah. gave up I think sixteen yeah. straight hits? Put Urias out there. Or something. Oh, go God. go to your Gonsolin well, bullpen game. Thanks, Dave Roberts, because you know that's what he'll do. The Cardinals Scherzer will be hit. completely rested. It's like yeah, we'll get Max will go first game against the Giants. It'll be like six one right. Cardinals in the second. The Cardinals can't hit. Throw the, oh. throw the bullpen at him. Throw, the bullpen. Oh, yeah, they, the we've bullpen done bullpen game. games all year. Dave Price, you're yeah. starting the wild card game. No, no, game. no. What's the what's the guy from CSN. That guy, let him start. Phil Bickford. Phil Bickford, CSN. Yeah, Phil my Bick- guy from CSN. It'd be great if that happened, wouldn't it? Phil's given up home runs in 16 straight appearances. Yeah. So I don't know if we want him on the mound. Yeah, it'd be fine. I'm telling you, don't start church. The Cardinals can't hit. You've got Urias or Bueller. Is, is Kershaw alive? The last he's pitched two straight games, actually pitched well. I thought he was only okay. a shelled coming back. Yeah, put Kershaw in there. Whatever. You'll be fine. You got like four good starting pitchers. Stop with the you'll be fine. You've been saying that all year. They still haven't caught the I Giants. I told you that last year, too. Oh. And you were, and you guess uh. what? They won the World Series. Uh. I told you every. I told you the Tampa Bay Rays sucked. <laughs> oh, that team's not any good. You got nothing to worry about. And they ended up winning. It's 4-1 I, it Padres the other night. And like texting Paul Goodyear's back and forth. I said, no chance they're holding on. They didn't. <laughs> Padres can't. They're just complete bums. Six out now in the wild card. What happened to that team? My goodness. I'm sorry. They're going to fire Tingler, which is a joke because Preller put the team together and no one ever like rips AJ Preller and he's actually the one who put this team together, but they won't fire him for some reason. That team with that talent being 22 outs a joke. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how, I mean, I'm not saying they have the talent of the Dodgers, and but I am saying they're a lot closer to the Giants than people think. And they're like 22 out. Yeah, they should. They're probably more talented than the Giants. Probably, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on. I don't think the Giants are actually good. Like, they have the best record in the sport. Yes. but I'm not convinced they're actually good. The at Dodgers this sport. will win 105 games and lose in one game. Yeah, one game oh, play. Great. I cannot wait for it. <laughs> oh. But the Padres, it makes zero sense how they could oh, be this, this far. Away. Like, the Cardinals are going to win the second wild card. Yes, and the Cardinals are not good. Like that is not like a good team. They've been good for make. like they've been good for two weeks, right? And that that that's not like a good team that's good. They can't hit. They're one right. of like the worst hitting teams in baseball. But they're going to win the second wild card because the Padres just fell apart. They just like they just just uh, it was amazing how bad they went. There should not have like we should not be talking about a a wild card race in the National League right now. We should be. It should have been. It should be the top three teams. It in the should West. be the Dodgers and the Padres, right. and like it's just a matter of who has home field. Yeah, or and the winner like goes that. to the Giants. Right, like that should have been the conversation because of how bad the rest of these teams are. Like the Phillies. Well, the Reds. Everyone gave the Reds the highest percentage because I don't know they played the Pirates sixty six times and they've lost like sixty four. Like you can't beat the Pirates. The it was set up for the what? Reds. They had the easiest schedule. It's like oh my god, you know the Reds will be in the wild card can beat those guys. Every day, Pirates 5-4, Pirates 6-4. I'm like, you can't beat the Pirates? I mean, the Reds, to me, well, the Padres completely screwed themselves up. But the last month, the Reds just blew it. 
So, okay, what's going to be funnier? The Padres missing or if the Yankees miss in the American League? Well, I don't know what's funnier, but I know which one I'm happy about. Oh, yes, we know which one you're happy about. But like the the, Yankees. The Yankees tech, they're in a spot right now. They're a half game ahead of the Yeah, the Padres are out. It's over. So the Yankees can still, they're they're in it right now. They can still blow it. But it's a half game lead over Toronto. And the Yankees play their next, uh, is it six or seven games, are Boston and Toronto. And those are the three teams. But. If the Yankees miss it, you're talking about the team that spends, you know, the second most money behind the Dodgers. They went out and had like just a spending spree at the deadline, probably even more than what the Dodgers did. And they had a hot run. And what do they want? 13 in a row, like last month. And now they suck. Now they have the worst since I think the dates, August like 17th or something, a little like basically the last month. I think the Yankees have the worst record in the American league, like worse than the Orioles. Funny it would be the Yankees, the head scratchers, the Padres. Whatever happened to them is – I don't know what happened to them because they are talented and they've got some incredible players. I mean, Tatis had his 40th last night. He's amazing. I actually – I read something in the San Diego papers, which is interesting, and the columnist wrote Machado's actually the MVP of that team. Everyone thinks it's Tatis, and he made a good argument. They are so good, and yet they are 20-something out. It's, That's amazing. Yeah. Sorry. It's how good the Giants have been, which is – well, they've been great. Still unbelievable, great. and it's just they've fallen apart. Yeah, I mean they they, they were good the first what two two and a half months of the season. They were they were throwing parades. Yeah, they were they were a legitimately good team. <laughs> yes, hell, they beat the Dodgers like every yes. game they played. Tatis couldn't not hit a home run against the Dodgers. You're still yeah, mad about it. They're gonna miss the playoffs, and you're still mad about it. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> Coming up next, Joey Logano joins the show. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. The NASCAR playoffs are here in Vegas. South Point 400 is Sunday at 4 o'clock out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And joining us now is Joey Logano. Joey, how are you this morning? Hey, Joey. I'm doing great. How are you? We're good. So before we get into any, any racing here, I got to know, how good of a hockey player were you growing up? <laughs> Not that good. That's why I drive race cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you been to a Golden Knights game out here? I have not been to a Knights game, which I hear is a spectacular event. Um, I would love to go. Uh, typically, I'm pretty busy when I get out there. It's like I got a lot of stuff to do with this race thing going on. But um, no, the the it, it, I know a few of my guys on my team have gone, and they love it. They have a good time. Hockey games are always fun to go to in person. What'd you play, Joey? Uh, <laughs> I played goalie for a little bit, huh? um, and then uh, I just played, you know, young kid stuff, playing around, having fun that way. So I, I never, uh, I, I got to the point where I was missing a lot of games because I was racing, and uh, <laughs> I won a lot more races than I did hockey games. So, uh, naturally, as any kid would, you go to where you win. <laughs> what age did you start racing at? I started racing when I was six in, in uh, quarter midgets, um, which were smaller cars where you know other kids can race, and um, it was something that it was just fun for for me and, and my parents, and we just travel around and have a good time. My, my dad wasn't a racer, I you know we all just kind of figured it out together, um, you know, and that that was honestly the most fun, right? Like it, that's that's what it was about at that point. It wasn't a job. It was no you know dream of of you know, trying to get to the cup level, winning championships. It was just going racing with your family. Did you like 
Did you like in March uh, on the dirt track at Bristol where you led 61 laps and, and, and you won? Would you Do you wish there was more of that? I mean, week to week, you know where you're going each week. You've got your schedule. You know how it's going to you – know, hopefully how it's going to play out in your end. But did you like that? And do you wish there was more stuff like that within your sport to kind of, you know, change things up every once in a while? Yeah, I'd love to lead 61 laps and win every race. That yes, exactly. Fantastic. The dirt part, the dirt part. <laughs> Oh the, oh, the dirt part. Oh, no. <laughs> I just messed with you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like that our sport does that. Our NASCAR is really the only form of motorsport that races on dirt, short tracks, road courses, super speedways, mile and a half like we have in Vegas this weekend. We race on everything. And as a driver and as a race team, it's very challenging, but it's also something that's, that's a lot of fun and because you know, to win the championship, you have to be good at so many different disciplines of, of racing and driving. And um, th- that makes you a well-rounded driver. It makes, I think it very attractive to be a cup driver and attracts really great talent to compete against because of those reasons um, that you're not doing the same thing week after week after week. That would get old, right? I mean, the Bristol's probably my favorite racetrack and we just went to it last week. If we went to it every week, I wouldn't like it anymore. I want to do something different. And that's what our sport does. Okay, so if I tell you right now, we're going to drop into the playoffs. You're fighting for a championship, but we're going to drop a dirt race into the playoffs. Are you on board with having it happen then, too? It's not my idea. It's not up to me. So <laughs> you have to learn to love them all. What, what, you know, people always ask me what my favorite racetrack is. I'm like, does it really matter? <laughs> it's not like I can go there every week. <laughs> What do you like about coming to Vegas? I know you've won here a couple of times, but I imagine you don't actually get to see much of Vegas when you are out here. No, we definitely don't get to see a whole bunch of it. We're usually out at the track racing most of the time, but um, you know, the racetrack itself, uh, they do a good job. There's a lot of you know, great fans that come to the, to the track there. Um, my, my wife, she usually sits in the grandstands and watches, and she says, man, it's, it's awesome. They have chocolate-covered strawberries, and the food's good. And so from – from a fan's perspective, my wife says it is uh, top-notch on the food department, so that's good. Um, and I think the racetrack puts on a good race. You know, you, you always see crazy restarts there, three, four-wide racing at 180 miles an hour, right? Where else are you going to see that? It's, it's quite the event. Is your wife the weird one, or do lots of significant others and families sit in the grandstands during races? No, she's the weird one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Does she just enjoy the experience better that way? I think I think it's everything. I think she likes being amongst people, and uh, and I think she she can see the race better from up there than she can be in the in the motorhome lot or, or on pit road or wherever it is. Uh, you can you have a better view from up there. You see what's going on, and I think she just likes talking to people. So. <laughs> We, uh, we've asked several athletes this. We've not asked you, or I don't think we've asked a racer this, about the pandemic, and your foundation gave a million dollars towards it, $4 million in grants overall that you've given. Can you take us through the pandemic in terms of your sport and, 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 and what that was like uh, and what it continues to be like uh, to try to get through it? Right, yeah. I mean, I, I think everyone remembers kind of when the, the world shut down, you know, and, and, and I remember that weekend in Atlanta for us where, you know, we're at the racetrack, and, you know, next thing you know, okay, we're not going to practice. We're just going to race. So now we're not going to race at all. Now we're all sitting in Atlanta saying, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, and then it's, you know, a couple months before we hit the track again. Uh, and what I remember being maybe the, the one of the 
biggest positives that I saw coming out of it is seeing competitors work together. Um, usually, you know, when you see team owners or drivers, we don't work together very often, right? It, it, it's about winning the race for competitors. We compete against each other. But in, in this case, it was let's work together so we can compete against each other. Uh, we need to get back on the racetrack. How do we do that in the safest and efficient way? And, you know, to see the TV, you know, partners, the, uh, you know, the NASCAR themselves, the owners, the drivers, coming up with a way that we can go race, accomplish that in a safe way that we can continue to do it. And NASCAR was the first sport back. We were the first one, um, which is very risky, but also so many eyeballs sitting at home looking to watch some kind of sporting event uh, and, and to be the only one on TV uh, at the moment was a huge victory for our sport. And that's because everyone worked together and found a way. And, and even to this day, we still, you know, have our ways of, uh, you know, doing it in a, in a safe way. We don't practice anymore. We don't qualify. We're a very limited time around anybody. Um, and that's really kept our sport going. Well, he is Joey Logano. The South Point 400 is here in Vegas, out of Las Vegas Motor Speedway, uh, 4 p.m. on Sunday as the playoffs are just underway. Joey, thank you so much for joining us this thank morning. Thank you, Joey. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. You too. So, there's Joey Logano. If you want to go out to that race, it is Sunday. I think we're in week three of the NASCAR playoffs. I am always fascinated by the drivers that are like, yeah, I started driving at six. Yeah. yeah, that It blows me away every time. It's just like competitive driving and not like they're, you know, they're not in the stock cars. That no, but they're little, the little bandoleros or the little, little cars and six years old. And he's driving at six. I, I just like you drive at six and then, Oh, at 16, watch. Oh, I got to go pass a driver's test. Yeah. <laughs> I got to come to a stop at the stop sign. What? Just drifting. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, see how they do it as consistently as great as they do. I might've told you this. I went around with Carl Edwards uh, for a lot of laps and, I was on, obviously in the passenger seat. I was not driving, and he hugged the wall. And oh, yeah. as I'm dying, he's laughing the whole time, <laughs> laughing the whole time. And I, I almost died. Just I almost passed out and died. And I'm thinking to myself, they do this with that many more cars on the track, going this fast, and they do it for like hours at a time, four hundred <laughs> yes, miles. For four hundred miles, they do this. And at this point, we're the only ones on the track, and he's laughing his head off. And they got the car laughing, and I'm like, oh my god. You put like 20 other, however many cars is in the 30, whatever it is. And you're like, they still do this. Yeah. 43 cars. It's insane. Yeah. It's, it's a weird sport, but it's a crazy sport in terms of how precise you have to be or else, oh, you're going into the wall at 200 miles an hour. The other, the other part that's even crazier about that is didn't sometimes after they've like bumped into each other at 200 miles an hour (laughs) and like they stop, get out of their cars, and yes. start fighting. Yes. <laughs> You'd think just bumping into each other 200 miles an hour is enough, but then yeah, they have to get out and start throwing punches. Yeah, Joey Logano, he's got a beef with Denny Hamlin. Can't remember exactly what they're mad at each other for, but they're <laughs> mad at each other about something. They've apparently been mad at each other for a while now. But I've got to get out there at the Speedway and get some of those chocolate-covered strawberries. Apparently. See if they have those in the media tent. By the way, yeah, what's yeah, what's but... his wife doing? Is that a, do you think that's a good... I think that's a terrible call. Um... You gotta I, well, go she's into probably wearing his probably are. wearing his number, right? So I don't know if they know who she is. You got uh, no. You, I'm just saying you got to go in the suites. It's more comfortable. Yeah, air. I assume it's air conditioned. 
I'd rather be, be up on the um, uh, where the spotters are for a scene. That'd be cool. Some wives sit up there with the spotters, yeah. and they're on the they're on the uh, headphones, and they can hear everything. Well, that's that's one of my favorite things. Is that, and I I kind of wish more events would do this, where you could just rent a pair of headphones and you just could listen yes. to like what listen, they're and ta- you can go to each channel and listen. Yeah, to what you doing. just listen. Jared. The Blue Jays just hit a guy because he took their note card <laughs> off the ground. You think they're going to let you listen to what the catcher's trying to call to the pitcher? No, I just no. Just think about how much fun you would have if you were watching an Astros game and you just heard Dusty Baker. Oh, the how entire- much fun? How angry you think I'd be? Oh, Dusty Baker. Oh, me hearing Doc Roberts <laughs> and talk about throwing things. Do you want to know what Dusty Baker did last night? Oh God, it was- he did not cost the Astros the game, thankfully, but. They got beat pretty bad, though. No, they, they? Won. No, they won. They won. Oh, they won. They, they won an extra. The, the Angels tried to sack bunt in two innings and <laughs> did not score a run. It would, it had, it would <laughs> have How much did that beautiful. drive you nuts? Idiots. Um, but so the Astros did not score in the top of the 10th. So bottom of the 10th, Angels have the winning run on second. Right. Shohei Otani is leading off. And the Angels' order was Otani's a lefty. They went left, right, left, right. Okay. Dusty Baker brought in our best or second best left-handed pitcher to face Otani. Otani. And before the at-bat starts, they show Dusty Baker in the dugout, and you can hear him. I think he's looking at our pitching coach, but you can, or not hear him. You can see his lips. You can read his lips, and you can see him question intentional walk. Like he had not considered it until Otani stepped in the box. And then... The lefty threw two pitches to Otani, both out of the zone, and then Dusty decided, let's intentionally right. walk him now. So then the lefty had to face a righty, a lefty, and a righty. Dusty Baker did not realize Shohei Otani was coming up to lead off the inning until he had already gotten two pitches. Because any sane manager would have walked him and would have right started away. the inning yes. with a right-hander yes. to face the righty and yeah, not have, the lefty to face double the play righty. Right, there. Yeah. right. But he didn't realize it until Otani was already up to bat and had already seen two pitches. Huh? I should walk this guy. The best best part is Otani stepping out of the box, like genuinely confused as to what just transpired, yeah. throwing his bat there, catching it, and being like, I guess I'm going to yeah. first. He was he thought he was getting pitched to, and then he got angry because Dusty Baker realized, oh, there's nobody else in this order that can hit the ball. <laughs> How much on a daily basis does he drive you nuts? He has not been too bad, largely because the Astros are pretty, like, I think I could manage the Astros. They're, it's like the yeah, Dodgers. They're, really good. they're good. Like, it's not, it's pretty hard to screw up. Um, but he does make an occasional decision every now and then where it's kind of like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? And one day he gave, he's been like giving guys, everybody gets a day, every day somebody gets a day off because Astros have almost clenched or whatever. Right. But like, couple weeks ago, he gave both Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman a day off while Michael Brantley is out with an injury. So it's like, that's three of the good Spring seven training. players on the team. Spring training. It game. was like, what you don't, don't give two guys the day off at the same time. Just wait till tomorrow. So he does some stuff like that, but for the most part, he's fine. I'll let you know in the playoffs when he blows it with some bullpen. If decision. I had headphones on at home and I could hear doc Roberts. Oh, I, it it wouldn't be good. You'd never see me the next day. If I actually hear him talk to Mark Pryor about pitching, it, it would be over. Dusty Baker actually got yelled at by one of the starting pitchers in the media, Jake Odorizzi, uh, like two weeks ago. Went got, to the media to... Well, he got he had a shutout through five innings and had thrown 66 pitches. And they took him. But Jake Odorizzi is horrible third time through the order. Like okay. his ERA is over nine third time through the order. So they pulled him because he was about to go through the order yeah. for the third time. And 
post game, like the first question to Odorizzi was, you know, is it, is it frustrating getting pulled after five innings? And Odorizzi was like, yeah, this sucks. Like I had only thrown 66 pitches. It'd be nice if I could stay in the game when I've only thrown 66 pitches. They're apparently fine now, but yeah, yeah, he got ripped for that, but I don't blame Dusty. I actually agree with Dusty Baker on that one. Pull the guy. He's been terrible. The time through the <laughs> yeah. He's been horrendous. So that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I kind of... Get him out of the game. Get him... Tyler's on line one. What do you think? Get him out of the game. Yes. He stinks when he goes third time through. I feel like Dusty Baker and Tony LaRusso are the only managers in baseball who could nap through the game and I... their team. Would... Oh yeah. It might happen. Yeah. They're going to play each other in yeah. the playoffs. Like... I wish Roberts would take a nap. I'd send a pillow. They're... We're just going to see fourth inning Astros White Sox game four. <laughs> and they're both asleep in the dugout. That would be awesome. Like, yeah, you guys scheduled us for 2 p.m. today on MLB Network. Sorry, we it's, that's when I take a nap. I got caught in the sunbeam. <laughs> All right, coming up next. I don't know what we're doing next. It's absolute <laughs> give a platform to people who have no idea what they're talking about as far as my mental state and, you know, my focus, my work habits. People that have not been around me, uh, they're not in my life. I don't have communication with them or not in the locker room. I mean, that's that's just, that's just, it's, you know, it's it's so ridiculous that, that people give, get a platform to do this, and it's the same type of people. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. I know we're going to do this segment now. I'm going to complain. Last night, I went to Allegiant Stadium for Club Leon and Seattle Sounders. And I was in the 17th row. We were kind of by one of the goals. So right next to the corner flag. I could not see the entire near sideline from my seat. I could not see either corner flag from my seat. About 5% of the entire field was not visible to me. From my seat, whether I stood up or sat down, could not see about 5% of the field. Every time there was a throw in on my side of the field, couldn't see the player. Every time the ball was close to the sideline, could not see what was happening over there. Christian Roldan scored the first goal of the game for Seattle by the goal we were sitting at, ran and celebrated at the corner flag I was sitting right next to, could not see the celebration at all from my seat. Couldn't see it. I was in the 17th row of a $2 billion stadium that is two years, not even two years old, and I could not see 5% of the field from my seat. This is what you're mad at? I, I couldn't see 5% oh, of the I'm field side. in a brand uh, new, this isn't a 30 year old, this wasn't built in 1907 and they had to put in an extra support beam that makes a couple of seats unsittable. This is a brand new stadium. I was in the 17th row. These were good seats, and I couldn't see 5% of the field. The coolest moment of the game, the team scored right in front of me, ran and celebrated 17 rows. I could see the goal, but ran and celebrated 17 rows away from me, and I couldn't see them. Yeah, you know what they're doing. They're soccer players jumping around, hugging each other. It's the coolest moment of a soccer game. What else do they do? They do posing. They kind of get down for the cameras. Exactly. Jared's got it. I couldn't tell you what they did because I (laughs) I couldn't tell you, and I wasn't even there. You just named three things. I don't know which one it was. (laughs) Probably all of them. How do we have a stadium that is brand new that costs two billion dollars, and I can't see the entire field? If it was the size of field that you believe it should be, would you've seen it? 
No, because the, the if it's the size it should have been, the field should be even wider. You might not have even seen the goal. Yes. <laughs> but the Did re- they score? The reason I can't see it is because Allegiant Stadium is not wide enough. Because they put it in, and it's literally the sidelines are up against the wall. Did you know this when you sat in your seat? You're like, oh, this could be trouble? No, I didn't realize until the game started. Because I, I wasn't paying that much attention to where the sideline was. But then the game starts, and like right away, it's the first 10 minutes are all on that side of the field, obviously. And I'm like, we like... We can't see. We don't know what's happening. Every time you'd stand up, makes oh, it interesting. How does that make it interesting? <laughs> you know what stinks about that in those terms is they don't have one of those big video boards over the field. You might be able to look up and right. watch. It's like in the corner. You kind of yeah, got to look. That's, it's not. But it's the not problem is I'm no. sitting on the opposite side of the camera. Yeah. So I look up and I'm now disoriented because everything's going the wrong way. <laughs> it, how? How in a brand new stadium can I not see 5% of the field? How is that possible? I, I, a hundred percent am on his side, but I'll also say where the video boards are, there are lights like directly above them. So you basically are looking up and staring into a light like that. That was one of my issues. I thought we were going to talk about Tate Martell and wings. We'll get to Tate Martell later. <laughs> Come on. I forgot. I was he may, mad he about may never this. play again. He's I was, gotta get to his wings. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> mad about this. I forgot I was mad about this because I couldn't see it half just the came game. You in the break? Yeah. I was, I, well, I thought about it last night. I was like, "This is ridiculous. I have to complain about this tomorrow." <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, how? Did, how? How? It's a brand new stadium. It's like it's not even the first soccer game they've had there, and I couldn't see it. It's a nightmare. So basically, the seats in the 300 level are better than the seats in the 100 level for soccer. I'll say this. I've been to two events as a fan. Both times, the actual stadium has made my experience worse. We got screwed.